This is Ron Friedman speaking under great duress, reminding you that this is Gilbert Gottfried's colossal, amazing, unbelievable, stimulating, should be rated X because it contains things that could be harmful to your genitals podcast. Lucky you. It could be a <laughs> shitty weather report. <laughs> This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. He's laughing already. Yes, our guest is... How does he do that? Do more, do more, do more. Oh, do more. Do it again. again. Your wife says that all the time. So I'm still Gilbert Gottfried, and this is still Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. With my co-host, Frank Santopadre, and our engineer, Frank Verderosa. And our guest this week is someone who we wanted a book from the very beginning of this show. But in spite of our best efforts, he's cleverly managed to evade us. I was scared. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared. I mean, who wouldn't be? You're an amazing persona. You, you are, you, you know, you're not a regular guy. That's for sure. I mean that in the most loving way. You know, so I, first of all, I thought, why would he ever, and, and Dara, your fabulous wife, why, how you ever got here, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to hear about that. But she, she said, would you be on Gil's show? And I said, no. I, I said, first of all, what would he ever do with me? I can't, you know, I couldn't get on Letterman years ago because he said I wasn't square enough and I wasn't uh, hip enough. He wasn't square enough to make fun of me and I wasn't hip enough to to be cool. I, I've just never been, I've been, you know, I am the, I'm the Hollywood square. I, I just, uh, so so anyway, I couldn't get on So I figured, what would you do with me? So, so it, it's, I, I, I'm so grateful to be. <laughs> now, and I'm still scared. <laughs> Uh, now can I can yes, I continue? Go ahead. Oh, you want to speak on this show? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just I want to. Go ahead. Get some of your credits in. Pull yourself together. At <laughs> any time you want to jump in, that's fine. You were over there. Okay. <clears throat> he's a musician, singer, and he's playing with his plastic water bottle. He's a musician. Singer, recording artist, actor, former variety show and game show host, and one of the most versatile and visible entertainments of the last half century. You've seen his familiar face on dozens of TV shows. Who wrote this shit? What is this? It's a bio. It's a long intro. That's not my bio. I don't say that on my bio. Who gave you that? You're not versatile? It's, uh, I'm, I, I've never learned to do anything well. <laughs> so let him, let him get through it, John. I then you can really dispute it. it. I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So humble. <laughs> okay. You called him an entertainment, by the way. Uh, he's an entertainment. <laughs> yeah. He's the entire, he's a television set in himself. 
and he's a familiar face on dozens of television shows, including The Entertainers, The Ed Sullivan Show, Here's Lucy, The Craft Music Hall, The Merv Griffin Show, The Carol Burnett Show, Love American Style, The Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, Tony Orlando and Dawn, The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, a show he guest-hosted 87 times. He's also served as host of the hit game shows The $10,000 Pyramid (laughs) (laughs) He'll get through it. Maybe a little faster, Gil. And and the Hollywood Squares, as well as his own variety show and talk show, The John Davidson Show and The John Davidson Show. He appeared in two Walt Disney musicals, starring, and he starred in his own NBC series, The Girl with Something Extra. Sally Field was the star of that show. I was just her husband. Just shut up. I want to get through this. I'm sick of these interruptions. I have a show to do here. Uh, He guest starred in memorable episode of The Streets of San Francisco, playing the part of a homicidal transvestite, a role he barely edged me out of. For five seasons, he co-hosted the hit, hit primetime, hit primetime series, That's Incredible. And somewhere along the line, he found time to record 15 albums, host award shows, beauty pageants, and Christmas specials, and star in his own one-man show at the John Davidson Theater in Branson, Missouri. He even turned up in the movie Edward Scissorhands. You want to know who he's worked with? Everybody. George Burns, Gene Kelly, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Chuck Berry, Ella Fitzgerald, Mickey Rooney, Sid Caesar, Julie Andrews, Fred McMurray, Captain Kangaroo, (laughs) the Ritz Brothers, and even Walt Disney himself, just to name a few. Please welcome the idea. Deal guest for this podcast, a true show business renaissance man, and a man who posed nude. It wasn't nude. Yes, it was. It was not. No, I yeah. was wearing a towel. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it was for Cosmopol. I was the follow-up to Burt Reynolds. It was not. It well, wasn't Playgirl. I, I was called I, a semi-nude. I had a, I had a, a semi-nude. It was yeah. very suggestive. I I saw your schmeckle. I, no, no. <laughs> I was Mr. February, which is the, sh- the shortest month, but, but shortest it was month. so stupid. Uh, and and I should never and, have done that. And claims. And oh, he posed nude, and he. Claims- I didn't pose nude. <laughs> I was wearing a towel. Shut the fuck up, so, would you please? So I brought I'm trying the, to do a show. I brought this nude okay. back. And I showed it to Paul. All right, I'll tell you about John Davidson. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake, and it, like people like Art. The Lincoln, posing or the intro? The posing. Oh. Yeah, that, that intro. <laughs> After I did that center, I was a follow-up to Burt Reynolds. It was so. St- my manager said. Uh, 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 
Helen Gurley Brown called and said, wants to do you as a centerfold. I said, this is ridiculous. No one wants to see me nude. I'm, I don't have that kind of a thing. I'm not a Tom Jones or an ankle bird or that sort of a thing. So I did this picture and I brought it back and showed it to Paul Lynn on the Hollywood Square. <laughs> God. Paul Lynn took one look at it. He said, well, you should have been the ambassador to underdeveloped countries. <laughs> You know that that stuff was all written for Pauline. Yeah, you know of course. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah. But in a way, how do you how do you relate to Pauline? Does he make? Did he make you laugh? Because he he had that sort of and oh, a little sure. bit like it, Gilbert, isn't you, it? You know what? I remember seeing some. Well, it was a documentary about the history of Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Something we have in common, both you and I. Because yeah. I was, uh, and they would say, "Oh, like the." Host would ask a question, and you could see the wheels turning in uh, Paul Lynn's head, right. and 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 he put in gay reference that would shock every. And then when you listen to it, uh, the questions are, uh, and who do you find in Fairyland, and what where do you locate Boys Town? Well, Bruce Valanche was writing some of those yeah. questions, setting him up. Yeah. yeah, and and you're going, oh, he and but it's Paul Lynn being such a rebel. I put in gay jokes. He never did stand up. He was just a guy that said things funny in a funny way, but he never wrote any of it as you do. He wasn't a he wasn't that kind of a performer at all. And and he hated the Jews. He really? yeah yeah I I uh, I heard he would get drunk when in the lunch hour. All the other guests were having fun, and Paul Lynn would be there, bombed out of his skull, going, Oh, those fucking Jews. They're the reason I don't have a career. You found him to be a dark character, didn't you, John? Well, I did. Because yeah. I, when, I when I was guessing, when I was hosting the show, Joan Rivers was my center square. But uh -huh. the, when Peter, Peter Marshall, the classic host, was doing uh Paul was in the center, of course, and... Uh, uh, Karen Valentine would be on his left, and I would be on 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 his. I mean, on his left, I was on his right, and he was mean to us. He was really a mean guy. I, I don't mind saying that, and he was miserable. I, I think he 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 just had a. Uh, I don't know. He just wasn't a very nice man. At least to me, he wasn't. Yeah, no, I I've yeah. heard that, and then and when he got drunk, he was a mean. I never drunk. hung out with him. I I tried to stay away from him, and I I got the feeling that Peter Marshall tried to stay away from him. I just I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that, but I, I think we all just kind of tiptoed around him for so he wouldn't get ticked off. But it's unfortunate because he he made people laugh. Yeah, we've now had all three Hollywood Squares hosts on this show. Oh my God! Yeah, Tom Bergeron. We had Tom. And Wasn't he great? And Peter. Yeah, oh, that's great. Both great. Tom was live. Peter was on uh, on, on uh, Skype. On Peter's, now, Peter's 93 Lovely or man and sharp as hell. And yes. he's, yeah. he's still singing. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. And was still has the voice, the same yeah. voice, yeah. same personality. Circle gets the square. A wonderful ah, guest. Ah, ah, ah. See, I like doing Hollywood squares. Did you do a lot of them? As a, uh, not when I, I don't think I ever had you on when I was hosting. No, no. You were on with I Peter. I did it. With when uh, it was Bergeron. first, yeah, first it was Who Whoopi Goldberg was producing, and then later on Henry Winkler, and it was Bergeron was the uh, oh host. later then that was yeah. after yeah. I guess. yeah 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 it's a, it's a classic idea you set people up to be funny and it, and it works it was fun yeah yeah tell us about Bert Lahr. 
John. We didn't, I don't think we've had anybody who's ever worked with him on this show. I Bert Law, of course, is a cowardly lion. Yeah. For people that don't know that yeah. name, but um, uh, if I were king of the jungle. Um, and uh, I, straight out of college, I got to New York, and I was a college graduate, and it was a part, David Merrick audition for a part of a college graduate who goes to the Yukon to visit his his dad and his buddies, and I was the son of one of these buddies. And so I was just perfect for it. I, I was, see, when I got to New York, nobody smiled. I came from Denison where I had the Denison hello. Mm-hmm. I was walking down 42nd Street saying, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Only hookers and gay guys would, would speak back to me. You know? So it was like, it, I, I couldn't understand why everybody wasn't saying hi to me. But I smiled a lot. And everyone else was doing Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and this very, you know, uh-huh. serious. New actor. York method, yeah. And so my first role was in Foxy with Bert Lahr, and Bert Lahr was a warrior. Uh-huh. It never was funny enough for him. Are you like that, Gil? Do you go off stage and say, God, I just wasn't funny enough? Do you? Are you? Oh, oh yeah. You get down on yourself. You're trying. Yes. How can I make it funnier? Because a lot of comedians are too hard on themselves. Like Some, Sometimes when I'm on stage, I feel like, or, or doing an interview, I feel like, Oh, well, that was a bad Gilbert Gottfried imitation I just did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yeah. hard on yourself anyway yeah. when, you, when you do sets. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're, not, you're not satisfied that easily. No, no. Well, Bert Lahr was like that. Oh, uh, and you know, you know what? Uh, jumping around again, when you said you weren't happy with uh, posing with your penis out. <laughs> was, I was wearing a towel. Uh, I heard... I I saw in interviews, Bert Reynolds regrets having. Well, he uh, did it before John. Yeah. 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 Oh, he, he was regrets. the first. Oh, he was the first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. Yeah, my manager thought it would it would uh, broaden my image or something, but I, I think I don't know. As I say, Art Linkletter caught me at a restaurant, the old Brown Derby. I'll never forget. And he said, "Why did you do that?" And uh, I guess it was a mistake. I don't know. I. I I mean, what did I want? What what did I expect? I, I don't know. Uh, as I say, my dad was a preacher. I was a preacher's kid. I, I'm not really. I'm I'm an atheist. I'm a secular, progressive Democrat. And um, but but it it upset my folks, you know, because because I was a preacher's kid. Did going into the business upset your folks? Um, Are they okay with that? My first contract was with Columbia Records, and they were going to have a cocktail party. And my folks stupidly said, "Well, are they going to serve alcohol?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a cocktail party. And uh, I said, of course they are. And that's just, and, uh, but they, right away, they saw that I was going to do my career and I was yeah. going to do them. But you mentioned George Carlin. I went out to the West Coast in 66. Now, this is during the 60s to host the Craft Summer Music Hall. Bob Banner, the television producer, discovered me in a Broadway sure, show. Sure, we know in that Foxy. name. In yeah. Foxy. We know that name. Yeah. Big name. Bob Banner had discovered Carol Burnett and developed her. Yeah. He said, I, I want you to be a variety show host. And I said, I just want to play Curly in Oklahoma or what? I just want to be, you know, the music man in, in Harold Hill. And he said, no, you can, you can figure out how to play John Davidson. We can talk about that. I consider John Davidson a character that I played all these. Anyway. So he brought me out to California and I hear George Carlin was the writer of the show. And also, and Richie Pryor mm-hmm. was on the show. And I was sort of in a bubble. I was just, I looked so cute. And so wholesome, a, a lot like Gil. <laughs> and, uh, and 
So I think, I think George, it was like oil and water. I mean, George. This is the button-down Carlin, though, right? Yes, before before the transition. Back then, yeah. yeah. And prior to. But I think they didn't know what to do with me, and I didn't know really. We never hung out with them. I'm so sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Since I've met, since George passed away, I met his daughter. Um, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, we had her here. She's lovely. Yeah. And uh, just we talked about those those years when I was just so in another, you know, I was like Pat Boone back then. It was really a very, and the greatest thing that happened to me is meeting people like Gil and George and Richie and people in show business that, mm-hmm. that broadened my life. That's why I became a theater arts major, because of the people. Right. You know? Well, your dad, you, you, you're quick to describe your dad as a Northern Baptist, not, well, a, he was not, a, North, not yeah. a Southern Baptist. Those so the they weren't that can, conservative. That can dance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He yeah. was, as a matter of fact, it was hard to pin him down. I, I would say, you know, dad, really? The virgin birth, the resurrection, the walking on water, you know, changing. And he said, what does it matter whether that happened or not? Look at what, look at what Jesus did for the world. Well, we've killed a lot of people because of Christianity. It started a lot of wars. You, so you can't to make the case that morality has to be with a supreme being or with a Jesus or with, Morality was along there long before Jesus. He collected a bunch of the good. And who knows what Jesus really said? I mean, the Bible was written 30 years after Jesus died. These were verbal stories. So when they say this, these are the words of Jesus Christ. Well, come on. Do you spar with him about this stuff? or, or did You he, couldn't spar with him. He'd yeah. say, what yeah. does it matter? Yeah. Uh, look what the church is doing. Mm-hmm. Well, look what psychology is. It'd be better to get a good psychiatrist, I, I think than to become religious. I blame Gilbert for a lot of that violence that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and when I heard you were friends with uh, Penn Gillette. I Penn love Hill. Penn Gillette. I love Penn. First of all, their show is a killer show. Oh, yes. It just, I've seen it three times. And and I so I knew then. I said, "Well, this guy's an atheist." <laughs> <laughs> if you see, if if Penn sneezes and you say, "God bless you," oh yeah, he's no, hardcore. Uh, yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he's no. hardcore. But he and I did the uh, the uh, Free Thought Society thing in Washington. We went and spoke on, on the on the green there in Washington. So exciting. that video is online. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. you're playing. You're singing that that song about being a liberal that we were talking about. Yeah, I love Roy, yeah. Roy, Roy, Zimmerman Roy Zimmerman. Is a singing uh, activist, a guitar player, songwriter. I hope I said that it's a Roy Zimmerman song. I think I you gave did. him you credit did. for you did that. for sure. Um, yeah, I admire him a lot. But I told a story on that about they asked me to to uh, sing the seventh inning stretch at the Kansas City Royals game because I was doing a show in Kansas City. This is beca- before I came out as an atheist. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sing, take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the park. Great. Three days before I'm supposed to do it, they said, John, we've changed our idea here. We want you to sing God Bless America. And I thought, I I just, I can't, I don't want to sing that song. I just, I don't want to, I know my little statement isn't going to mean anything Mm -hmm. to anybody, but it, so I said, I've got a rehearsal at the theater I'm sorry, I don't want to do the seventh inning, and I canceled. Looking back on it, what would have happened if I walked out in the field, take the microphone, and sang, I love America. It's the land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her with the lights from above through the mountains. I love America, my home sweet home. I love America, my home sweet home. 
They might have shot my ass. Hard right to know. Out of there. They might have Jose Feliciano'd you. Remember that? <laughs> no. When he improvised the, uh, yes, the Star Spangled yes. Banner oh, yeah. uh, on an acoustic guitar. Well, that's, he, that's and, he, and he got a lot of hate yeah. mail for it. But uh, or maybe it was the World yes, Series. I'm an atheist. There came a point where I just said, I've wrestled with religion all my life. In college, I was a philosophy major because I wanted to be closer to my dad because my dad was a philosophy major but went to seminary. And my first two courses were Logic 101 and Comparative Religions of the World. Well, right away, logic and religion just doesn't go together. And, and religions of the world, you begin to realize that man created religion out of his fears and because of his self-doubt and, and his a way of getting through life. There's no question that man created religion, created gods, all the Greek gods. Are we an atheist because I don't believe in Zeus? It's interesting. You know, that Sam Harris. That, I saw what you're talking about, Sam Harris. Yeah. I said to my wife, I'm going to get along with this oh, guy. Christopher Hitchens yeah. and Richard Dawson. And, yeah. Can't get enough of him. You, you, what are you, a Satanist? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I said, I, I don't believe in God, I really thought that lightning was going to strike me. Yeah. You know, so well, I, anyway, weren't you going to follow in Dad's footsteps get, when yeah, you were young I, and then the, the, the public speaking part? Get off show, you Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out right away. Only Christians were. The reason why I wanted to be a preacher yeah. was to get up in front of people. That's right. That was speak. the part that attracted you. I didn't want to wow. do funerals. I didn't want to visit people in hospitals. I wanted to get up and speak in front of I people. See, I bet you, How I mean, aside from the money yeah. that preachers get, I bet you like probably 99% of them love the adulation and they? love the crowd. Well, about Jackie Mason, right? Was it was a yes, can, was a cantor? Yeah. It's a great to position center. to be, and yeah. I think that's the other. I wanted the respect and the love, the adoration that my dad got because I would. I grew up seeing him in the pulpit wearing these great robes, you know, and and, and people were mesmerized by what he said. Well, that's a cool position to be in. Yeah. And and your father looked like God's messenger, like he per like he said yeah. here. You that's right. But you're selling voodoo. Yeah. It's voodoo. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Mexico where these poor people walk up to these cathedrals that they think of the money the Catholic Church has. Oh, my God. And well, these, George Carlin said the first thing he learned about uh, God was that he always needs money. He's <laughs> always short of money. Oh, yeah. Anyway. You, yeah. you, you know what was the weirdest story, though, that came out with... Uh, with his daughter, uh, George Carlin, when when his when the mother, Mrs. Carlin, was pregnant with George, uh, they they discussed it and they discussed uh, having an abortion when George was in her mm, belly. Yeah, that's true. And she went to the abortion doctor and saw a picture of the Virgin Mary on the wall. And felt so much guilt that she didn't have the abortion, thus giving birth to one of like the most anti-religion people, <laughs> a spokesman yes. for the movement. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's let an me irony. not hesitate to say that just like Penn Jillette does not say he in, in, when he entertains people yeah. as a, as a magician, mm -hmm. he never gets into no. anti-religion. It's on his podcast, and I, mean, I don't public about it, and I don't in my show either. Right. No. When I do my shows now, I, I I do jokes, I sing songs. I, I, I might mention that I'm not religious, but I, I, I don't carry on about it at all. I entertain people. Yeah, it's, it's like talking about politics. 
And yeah. So you fell in love with performing and you came, when you came to New York, what were you in your twenties and your early twenties? Yeah. I'm 23, 24. 23. Yeah. And my first television show was the Fantastics. I played the boy on the Fantastics. Ricardo the, Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Cordoba. I had such a crush on Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> see, I, I think it's very normal for guys to have crushes on other guys. You see, Gil? Yeah. <laughs> you see, look, are you a hard ass about the, about the gay life? Are you are you not? Uh, Just teasing him. You, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not gay. I've never had a gay relationship. I've never had. A, I've been. I've been married for 46 years. Holy crap! To two different women. But, but Ricardo oh, struck. Yeah. A, he struck a chord. <laughs> but I. I. <laughs> I I've. I've certainly been attracted to men. I just not sexually. Just but just want to be closer to them. And gee, I'd like to be like that guy. And I mean, that's what keeps fraternities together, right? It's it, that's and it's so natural. I, I think we've evolved so much in this country. Um, to recognizing that that gayness, that homosexuality, is a human response. I think so m- many of us are bisexual. You know, I, again, I've never had a gay relationship, but I think it's so normal to be bisexual, to be attracted to anybody, any human being. I think that's the most normal thing in the world. You're you're quiet yeah. now because. Yeah. You're, <laughs> What do you want, homo? going to turn into dice. Hey, you going bisexual? <laughs> what do you want, homo? Hey, you ever like to take it? I'm getting back on track here, yeah. John. You're in your 20s. You're on Broadway. Yeah. You get it. Bob Banner sees you in, in, in yeah. Foxy, decides this guy's a project I'm going to take on, you know and helps you build a persona. I said, I just want to be a leading man on Broadway. He said, no, you got to be, you, you want to be a spear. You want to be, a, Tony Bennett is a spear. He does one thing, does right. it very well. Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis right. is a spear. He does one thing very well. He's never tried to act or do other things. He said, you're going to be a Swiss army knife. I used to say a pitchfork. And then I, now I say Swiss army knife. In other words, if someone, you want to do Shakespeare? Yeah, I can do Shakespeare. You want to host a game show? I'll do that. Yeah, you want to, you want to uh, sing God bless America at the Kansas City ball game. No, you you want to uh, whatever you so I, so I've done a, a sitcom. Yeah, you know I've done Broadway musicals. I've done a nightclub act. I've done sure uh, serious drama. Whatever. That's why we referred to you as versatile in the introduction. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you when, are a Swiss Army knife. I'm a talk. Swiss Army knife. You are. But I've never made it. I mean, people say I'm over the hill. Well, I don't remember peaking. <laughs> I never, I never made it. I was just one of those guys trying to get yeah. it right. I'm still trying we to get it right. We could dispute that. Well, Banner, had, so he had a whole plan for you. Yeah, this he, is what you're going to do. Yeah as, yeah, as he did with Carol Burnett, and it worked. Was, it Bob, was he involved with Bob Newhart's career as well, and Dom DeLuise? Dom DeLuise, read, yes, yeah, but yeah. no, then, then they, but he does television. DeLuise yeah. took into film, got into film, mm-hmm. and Bob Newhart got into other types of TV. But we all started on the entertainers. That's right in '65. Right, Frank, you know so much. Well, it's just re- a lot of it is research. A lot of it I remember. Yeah. Gil, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it took him 15 minutes to crack the code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, I, I got to talk to you about some of those variety shows because these are yes. shows we've talked about. Gilbert, the yeah, I Hollywood I, Palace, Craft Summer Music Hall. You mentioned. Yeah. I, I Perry remember Como. Barbara Feldon was on this show. Who did? Who John yes. worked with? Yeah. Oh. Tell us about working with Barbara. I, I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, she was great. 
uh, uh, Sally Field is the gal that I've just, there's another crush I had. I had a crush on Sally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just. Gidget. Uh, yeah, but then we did The Girl with Something Extra, and she was in transition between um, uh, go, becoming the Academy Award winner sure. twice. And she, was, she wasn't Gidget in The Girl with Something Extra, and, but she wasn't yet Sybil, and she did Sybil or something, but it was right around she, that time. She, she helped she me so much with, with acting, and Sally Field is a great lady. Here's quickly, just because I told you, because I, I, I plugged this, I threatened you to with, with this before what? we started, a, sh- a short list of people that we've had here on okay. this show that you work with. Yeah. Bernie Coppell, yeah. Ed Asner, Tony Orlando, Orson Bean, Paul Williams, Dick Cavett, John Biner, uh, Tony Sandler of Sandler & Young. Alan Alda, Barbara Feldon, Ronnie Shell, David Steinberg, Rich Little, who you worked with a lot, mm-hmm. and Robert Wagner. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, for a guy that <laughs> didn't make it, I never made it. <laughs> but, but what was I? Was I any good in those shows? I mean, I'm they sure were probably you were. good, but I I was good at times. I've I've been good. I, I I've had good moments, but I I always think I can do it better. I, I always think you know. I Even found it now. interesting. You you answered you said to somebody who asked you that your your best role you think is still to come. I'm still yeah yeah your best work. I'm, right now I'm trying to put together a show for Birdland. I'm coming into Birdland the end of May. Right here, New York City. And uh, I've never played Birdland. This is New York City. I, I used to play the the Persian Room at the Plaza years ago, but that was the old wow. God. Now I'm reinvented myself as a troubadour with my guitar and singer songwriter. Written a lot of original songs and stuff, but. Um, <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a song for Gil. I want to share this. Oh, ah, wonderful! Ah, even, ah, even, though, even though I'm in my perfect, I thought in my seventies I would have all the answers, but now I have more questions than answers. Why do men have nipples? <laughs> How come Tarzan has no beard? Think about that. Hmm. Why do bars have parking lots if I can't drink and drive? Am I the only one who finds this weird? Why did Adam and Eve need navels? (laughs) Think about it! Yeah. (laughs) If your doctor's practicing, is he practicing on you? Why wash my bath towels? I'm so clean when I use them. What are training bras? Training them to do. <laughs> Why did kamikazes wear helmets? <laughs> so you like the sick ones because you're really a, yes. a sick yes. fuck. <laughs> Why is a boxing ring square? How will I know when my invisible ink runs out? <laughs> Why isn't mouse flavored cat food in stores everywhere? Why are there braille dots on drive-up ATMs? <laughs> Is the alphabet in that order because of the song? Why did Superman wear his underpants outside? And why have you let this song go on this long? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, John Davidson, versatile, versatile. I I never thought I'd hear John Davidson call me a sick fuck. Wow. That's like the biggest honor. I did that for you. I did that it's for you. It's Carlin-esque in its absurdity and its observations of absurd things. Yeah, and he's a yeah. sick fuck. Yeah. And or Stephen Wright, too. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast, 
But first, a word from our sponsor. And it's funny, when you were talking before about wanting to get better, we had on Bruce Stern on the show. And Bruce Stern, I I don't know how old he is now, how many movies. And and he said he's still trying to be a better actor. Aren't you trying to be a better stand-up? Aren't you? No, always- I've given up. <laughs> as long as the no, check. No, you care about this yeah. stuff. You do. It's a, you know, I suppose you've dealt with the criticism that it's easy to be funny if you're dirty, right? Yeah. You go way beyond that because these are clever things that you're saying. You're not part of the a shock jock. In the morning, right? That's one yeah. way of being funny. You go way beyond that. It's, Have you seen him live lately, John? I saw the great documentary. Oh, you saw the doc. Uh, the documentary has great moments. Yes, it sure does. Just where you're just slaying him, just slaying him. No, I would love. When, when can I yeah. see you live? Because you're not well, not I'll, here. I'll give you a half price ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I can pay for a ticket now. Yeah, the documentary is called I, Gilbert. What? The documentary is yes. called Gilbert. We'll give Neil it's Berkeley incredible. a plug, too. He did a great job. And where do people find that? On Hulu, I think, was the last. I mean, you've there got a bunch under this. Gilbert's bed. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's an inspiration. It's it's touching. It's It'll make you cry at times. I, you know, uh, do you mind that? that no. That was, yeah. Very good. Uh, I sort of had a crush on you during it. So, so speaking about crushes. You, you just want to fuck every guy you see. <laughs> I like people. I, I usually, especially men. You no, know, what no. the fuck is the matter? I have crushes on a lot of women. I could go on and on. He's talking about non-sexual crushes, oh, Gil. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's the crushes women have on me. How did you find your way into those? <laughs> how did you find your way into two Disney uh, live-action musicals? Well, they saw me on a Bell Telephone Hour way in the '65 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Poppins had just come out, and so they wanted to make the follow-up to Mary Poppins, and they signed me to a three-picture deal. Actually. Was, was Banner managing you at that point? Banner would... Let me see. Was yeah. manager, manager... Before Jerry Weintraub yeah. came along. Yeah. Yeah. I guess... You know what? I'm... When, when they when they when I went out for the screen test, he wasn't, but then during that yeah, is when he signed me. Uh, two of them. One was called The Happiest Millionaire. Sure. And Walt Disney was alive, and Walker. And so, and he want, We called him Walt. He ate in the commissary and the table next. It's the last us. movie he was directly involved in. Exactly. Yeah. Frank, you know so much. Well, he called me. And John. this Walt I also, Disney. I also what worked for the do? company. He called. He called me John. And <laughs> really? He, yeah. And and I, he wanted me to call him Walt. And by the way, he was a chain smoker. Smoked yeah. one cigarette. Yeah. Sure. Another. Yeah. I I heard someone told me that. Back when Disney was alive, there used to be a guy whose whole job was to take photos of Disney and erase the cigarette from his hand. I'll bet. I'll bet. That's interesting. And if the the, uh, employees of Disney were screwing off, they knew it was time to get back to work by his loud cough. He had, yeah, I don't remember him coughing. I, I yeah. don't remember that at all. No, I don't. I we, we didn't see him. We saw him at lunch, and he when, when he was coming to the set, everybody said, Mr. Disney, they'd say, Mr. Disney. No, they wouldn't. They'd say, Walt. They'd, Walt's coming. Walt's coming down to the set. And so we'd all get nervous, and we'd you know, try to act like we were making a movie while he was standing around. 
because uh, we were still in awe of him. But I never heard him cough, i got to say that. But then the, the the second film was called The One and Only Genuine Original Family Band. Yep, with Walter Brennan. With Walter Brennan, Buddy Epson. And Another him. guy who hated the Jews. <laughs> and blacks. Walter Brennan hated blacks and Jews. He was... Very, yeah, yes, I can understand that. I try to stay away from him. Yeah, but I, I hate uh, blacks and Jews. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. very good, Gil. Yeah, it's disturbing and accurate at the same can't, time. Can't stand those Jews or, or the blacks. <laughs> but in both those films, I had another crush on uh, Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah. I heard oh, an interview yeah. with the two of you for the fiftieth oh, anniversary. Yeah. And she doesn't remember you having a crush on her, and you don't remember being set up on a date with her. I kissed, I kissed her once in yeah, makeup. Yeah, and we we kind of held on a bit. I thought, jeez, this is. She had her eyes were so big you wouldn't think they could be coordinated, but they they went the same. They worked together, but they these huge eyes and uh, just just great. She was too much for me though. I, I realized that she she was too. Most actresses are are emotional and, and and volatile. That's what makes them great. So and and I just I've never been like that. I've never. I, I felt more stable or something. I don't know. But How about Fred McMurray, who was notor- uh, known Fred as the McMurray, cheapest man in Hollywood? He said, what? He was supposedly the cheapest man in Hollywood, Fred McMurray. Fred McMurray. I said, what are, what are we doing here? He said, you know, I was a saxophone player. And they came to him and said, you want to make a movie about a boxer? Or something? I forget what his first film was. He said, I'm the least likely guy to be in this business. He was just a shy saxophone player. Became a star. And they thought he was good the way he sort of mumbled. And... Uh, Great man, nice man, but not show busy at all. Didn't you ask him to be a guest on your talk show years I later? Because yeah. I was sitting in for Carson. Yeah, and I said, oh, I, you know, I, 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 you know, it's important for me to have important people on. Sure. And he said, I just can't do that. I, I don't do talk shows well. It, and and maybe he was right. I don't know. That was the thing when when I sat in for Carson, I wanted to have Jacques Cousteau on, and they said, Well, no, we, we, that wasn't good. We'll he give said, you Ruth Buzzy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I would have loved Ruth Buzz. I wanted to have Kenny Rogers on, uh-huh. and they said oh, he's a singer. I said Kenny Rogers is a storyteller. Uh huh. Amazing personality. Mm-hmm. So I finally had him on, and it worked. But but uh, yeah. So when you sat in for Carson, you realize that I mean Johnny's name is on the coffee mug, on the pencils, yeah, the cigarette on case everything. on the desk. The chair is his. Yeah. I did that three times in in my career. I, I took over people's shows briefly. The Carson show when guesting. And then I took over the Mike Douglas show in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Mike Douglas said some terrible things about me. It was very, you know, oh. just, oh, yeah, he resented the fact that I took. But his producers were letting him go, and they came to either me or Dick Clark. And I got it over Dick. I think maybe Dick Clark turned it down, but they told me that we, they chose me. And the third one is the music man. When I first started being Harold Hill, I did a lot of tours playing Harold Hill. the music. Uh, I had to fill Robert Preston was the music man. And I thought, if I can't be Preston, then I can't do it. Sure. I discovered, and, and anybody, just in any line of work, you've got to bring your own shoes to the studio, to the stage. You, you, know, you can't fill people's shoes. That's interesting. And, and now I just realized we've had two stars of the music match. Our friend Craig Bierko, I don't know if you know Craig, did oh, it on yeah. Broadway, and he did it wonderfully. Oh, I saw he was wonderful. He had to audition for Meredith Wilson's widow to get the, uh, I'm sure. to get the job, yeah. and he was... You know, they're bringing the Music Man back now with a huge, huge Jackman. I know. He's going to be fat. I'm sure he oh. will be. I'm sure and, he will. Uh, He's cut out for it. Hutton. Now, Fred, Fred McMurray is one of those people. There were a handful of people who owned California. 
Real estate. Oh, yeah. yeah. He bought a lot yeah, of Their it. idea, like Bob Hope, was to yeah. buy land. And buy Bing land. Crosby. Yeah. And what yeah. was the uh, the hero? The, well, Gene Autry bought a lot Gene of land. Gene Autry. Yeah. 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 And TV station. You and Leslie Ann are, are charming in you that so? movie. Yeah. You, you have those nice songs, Bout Time. Yeah. Together. About you can see all that time, stuff. Those Sherman, time. those great Sherman Yeah. Brothers. It was great. Yeah. It was great. But she yeah. was dating uh, Peters. John Peters, the hairdresser. John, John Peters, the hairdresser. Yeah, right. I thought, come on. Now, here's, <laughs> here's a name I have to ask you about because I got such a scary reaction from Robert Wagner. Have you ever worked with or met Jerry Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the I wish we were a video podcast in that moment. No, he's a great man. He's a great man. Yeah. I, I did the telethon and did that, and, and he was very nice to me. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, oh, I heard some terrible stories. But I, I, I don't want to go with that. Yeah, he was very nice to me. It just I, I, was, I was afraid of him, you know, as yeah. I was of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let me say here and now, I'm not afraid of you anymore. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. That's why it took us five years to get him here. You've lost your edge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So after those two movies, did you and Banner, did you you think I'll have a movie career now? And and then, uh, I don't know. I, I... did you want to go back to the stage? Did you want to just kept, do musical? Keep doing musicals? I don't know. I was playing a lot of Vegas. I played mm-hmm. the Elvis showroom. Got to, got up to making. I can't believe what I was making in Vegas those years. Did you uh, meet Elvis in your travels? Met Elvis twice. Uh-huh. I went to see his show and went backstage. Met his dad and went back in a dressing room full of women. He had girls lined up on the couch. I thought, wow, oh, this is this is great. <laughs> and uh, it's good to be the king. Yeah. And Elvis was just a just a great little country boy. You know, just a just a always was this very country boy. Everybody that we've had on the show that worked with him found him very polite and very oh, gracious. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. George Shapiro? And uh, yes. Last week, yeah. uh, Erwin Winkler? Yeah. It was almost a, a sad now, night. Now, here it took all the self-control what? I have what? not to get to this. You worked with Milton Berle. Yeah. And you know where he's going, now, John, with this. Do you, <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard about uh, I know you're not religious. He apparently has a, a very large penis. Yeah, yeah. he's blessed <laughs> with a large penis. <laughs> stories about him wanting to show it to people. And sure. To take a, yes. Yeah, supposedly. I never saw that. I don't, I, I don't know. They didn't want to show it to me. I don't I, I don't know. The only thing, I did a, a, a benefit or something in New York, and I was I did a couple of jokes when I was just starting out. And it was awkward. You know, I, I, yeah. was, I was trying to be like you. And I, I was just starting, and he came up after me and said, John, just sing, just just sing. <laughs> Forget about the jokes. And uh, I said, okay, but I, I I love. I was always jealous of the opening act. My opening act for years was Jay Leno. Oh, and then uh, uh, Kip Adada. Oh, I remember Kip yes! Adada, Kip funny Adada. guy. Yes. Sure, yeah. And I was always jealous of the real still uh, around Lonnie Shore, um, uh, Freddie Roman, Lonnie Shore. Um, Freddie Roman's a killer act. Funny oh, guys. God. Uh, Rich Little. And, uh, and I, I always wanted to get that response that you guys get. When, uh, if you're just a singer, people might cheer or applaud, but they don't laugh. And laughing, is, you, you give, an audience is really giving you so much, that love. I wanted that. 
And so I started stealing the jokes from the opening act. <laughs> no, 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 I did. You know how I started doing jokes? Yeah. Uh, Jack Benny, first of all, presented me first at Caesar's Palace. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about Benny. 66. Sure. And uh, Caesar's was just opening. And I would watch Jack Benny every night after that. And so after that, I, I, would, I would say, you know, I just came from Las Vegas. I just worked with Jack Benny. And Jack Benny would say, and without doing, I don't do an impressions well, I would do Jack Benny's stuff by saying it's Jack Benny. And across the street was Dean Martin. Well, wow. Dean Martin says, you know, when we crawled in bed one night last week, I found we had the same physique. You brought a new kind of love to me. <laughs> yeah. And I do some of his parody things, uh-huh. like these stupid parodies, you know. Uh-huh. You, the, 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 the night when I came home, you said you weren't alone. You, you said you were alone. You said he was a nudist who came in to use the phone. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I would give them credit from the comedian, and that's uh-huh. how I started doing jokes. And then that's I would great. try to find my now. Own tell jokes. us about Jack Benny. Um, incredible ego, you know, very secure in what he was doing. I, I was, and but I was just, I, I did fifteen minutes and maybe twenty in his show, just had, songs, yeah, songs, yeah, yeah, no, just singing, yeah. And then he he did a little shtick with me on stage, and it was very. Well, John, you know, how, how do you, you know, it was very, uh, he was very secure in what he did. And uh, I really didn't get to know Jack Benny. He, got, he was very close to Johnny, to Carson. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't quite believe that. I doubt anybody was really close to Johnny. That's bet interesting. Ed, I bet Ed McMahon was not close to Johnny. Very interesting. He, well, tell Johnny us about so, that. Such a gentleman and so, such a great man. And I never got to know Johnny, and I guessed it a lot on the yeah. show. You guys were good together. You had there's, there's some clips on YouTube. There's yeah. that one where you're you're trying to explain Christmas, the history of Christmas cards. Yeah, and and it's it's a lot of fun to watch the two of you. Yeah. You got an, a nice timing, a nice patter. He I he just he I love the way he treated me, mm-hmm. and and I I respected him so much, and and uh, I think he was a great man. But he I don't think anybody got to know Car- know Carson. He started as a magician, I think, which yeah, says sure. A lot. Because you picture him in fifth grade. Carsoni. Getting the girls around him. I mean, in high school. Saying, here, here's a, pick a card, pick a card. I think that's, magicians find that's a way to get girls. First, you ever see one of these? Look at this. You know. So I'm, I, he was a very shy man. All those years you knew him, you never really got a sense yeah. of him. Gil, are you a shy? Are you, are you a shy guy? Were you? No, no, I'm real outgoing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's your act. No, no, that's your no, act. yeah, yeah, no. He's very shy. shy. You're not like yeah. Rickles. You're like Newhart, aren't you? As far as being shy, yeah. And you, and you put on this bombastic, brash thing, but that is that you. If if I'm in a situation with a lot of people, I find myself being the one sitting in the corner. Yes, like yeah. at, like at the Christmas party this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you like, went and hid. I'll yeah. find the spot where the yeah. least amount of people will notice me, <laughs> and I like wander over there. Yeah. One question about that Milton Berle show, and this could be totally bullshit because IMDb lets us down all the time. You were, do you have any memory of being on that show with Peter Laurie? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. We can cut that part Says out. Peter Laurie and Ann Jeffries. It, no, no. Another person that's been mentioned on the show a number of times, Joey Bishop. You did five episodes of the Joey no, Bishop I did show. Not. Yes, you did. <laughs> with the Ritz brothers, no less. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but that's who cares? I know, but it's just fun this for was us. In, in 1914, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun shit for us. I don't think I, I did a lot of Griffin. Griffin was great at Tell bringing about people him. out. Oh, great! I didn't have a crush on him. Uh, <laughs> so we found neither the did Ava Gabor. The one guy <laughs> that you don't have a crush. The one on. that was gay, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, no, but he was great at saying. You know, he would sit on the edge of his chair and say, "So, so how, how, how did you do that? What did yeah. you right?" Griff, uh, Griffin would sit on the edge of his chair to pull people out. He, they said, uh, Merv makes the stars shine, and he did. Yeah, even as a young, it's a kid, talent. He treated me like a star. He, when he I, always made it sound like he was fascinated. Yes, yeah, with whatever he just had to say. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was very good. Do you remember but, working but with you Gene say Kelly, Mike, Mike? Douglas, yes, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> the Sandy Duncan show. Oh, I'm saying, well, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, love but Sandy you Duncan. say Mike Douglas was a prick. Well, he just, he, I, he felt that I was taking his show away from him. And and the truth is that they were letting him go. Ah. And, there was a budget uh, thing. They, he was asking for too much money. I said, well, he's out. So he felt that I should have called him because we were friends. I should call him and said, uh, they, they want to give me your show for Westinghouse. What should I do? Well, no, you don't do that. I can't do that. I, and later, when I w- would have liked to have called him, he just said terrible things about me. And I had a lot to learn as a host. I was an entertainer trying to be a host, you know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, I think he's a good man. But. And, and oh, here's another thing, because we both worked on a Hollywood Squares. I heard the variety shows in those days, particularly Hollywood Squares, they used to have a wagon with like wine and other alcoholic beverages that they were very open about. They loved to get the people a little loopy. Well, the thing is, you know, Hollywood Squares, you make in one day, you know, you yes. get it, right? So you have dinner between Wednesday and Thursday. And there's this buffet dinner when everybody drinks wine and beer, or some people do drink yeah. wine and beer. And I remember on one of those shows, um, um, Stein, not Steinbeck, who's the comedian? Not John Steinbeck. He wasn't that. Old. Dave, <laughs> I would have loved David to have seen Steinberg? David Steinberg. David Steinberg. <laughs> yes, yes. He said, "You want some stuff?" He said, "It'll make you funnier." I said, "What are you? What are you talking about?" I think it was either Coke or 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 grass or something. And I said, "I don't think that'll make me funnier." I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and that's the only time anybody's ever offered me. Anything so like David that. Steinberg was trying to get you stoned. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's no question that he had some stuff in a bag. Hey, yeah. John, I've got some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think of him as being very clever and very oh, funny. Very funny yeah. man. If very anybody funny doesn't man. need that, but maybe he was just going through a thing, you know. Come on, John, I'll get you wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Variety shows really are gone for the most part, John. I mean, there's... there's, there's oh, they're, they're award shows. Oh, American Idol is a variety show. Yeah, but there's, no, they've there's, come back. But, that's it. But, but, but I mean, the, the golden age... I mean, and you did every one of them. I did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, the, I, well, I think what killed them was those bad sketches because not everybody can be uh, uh, Conway and, and uh, uh, Har- Harvey Corman. Yeah. So, but they made Donnie and Marie and and uh, and Tony Sonny, Orlando Sonny, Sonny and Sonny and Cher. Right. Everybody but, had to the do son, this. Oh, the um, forced comedy. Uh, oh, Shields God. and Yarnell. Yeah, the Starlight Vocal Band. Everybody had a variety show. Everybody could do those sketches. That's a real trick. Carol Burnett is one of a kind. But it's like before when I mentioned Barbara Felton, she said back then she was known, she became known for Get Smart, and then she worked constantly in variety shows. 
There were so yeah. many. Yeah. 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 You could work yeah, every week. You're so smart and all. I remember hosting, uh, guesting on Sonny and Cher, and it was right across the hall from Carol Burnett. And I couldn't figure out why no one welcomed me to the show. Finally, on about the third day, Sonny walked up and said, Oh, John, it's nice to have you on the show. Oh, great. Cher never did say maybe hello. Wow. But they weren't that sort of welcoming hosts. You know, like Carol Burnett had been and, and other people. It's a very different situation with Sonny. Now, maybe they weren't getting along. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I just caught them on a bed. So, yeah, might Car- have been. Carol Burnett was one of those that was very open and warm. Um, n- uh, I, n- n- no. Uh, she was so nice to me. I would, I, I, I think, I think Carol was more at ease in front of an audience, to me anyway. I didn't get to know Carol that well. No, I didn't. Well, you worked with you, Corman and Conway a few times. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. the second bananas. I think they developed that question and answer thing. I think Bob Banner developed that for Carol Burnett so that Carol Burnett could loosen up. And oh, so that interesting. We would. That, the point of that the was... Q&A with the audience. Yeah. How interesting. And Very smart you, of him. You worked with someone who I've heard was one of those people that existed on stage. If you gave him... You know, a character, an accent, he was his... And that was Sid Caesar. He's going to say, I never worked with Sid Caesar. I could see it forming. Yeah. I, I could, <laughs> on the Julie Andrews special. I, I, well, I'll tell you about working with Julie Andrews, but I... I <laughs> no, I met him. We guessed it, we guessed it with I Carson. I love this. I guessed it together with Sid Caesar and Carson. Uh-huh. He'd been bodybuilding. Came back, had this uh-huh. incredible body. And... and uh, no, I, I didn't really work with him. How no. about this one? How about Mickey Rooney on the Carol Burnett show? <laughs> yes, I did. I okay. Mickey I, I yeah, we hit, we hit on one deal. I never met him. He's amazing. A piece of work. But on, 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 uh, <laughs> oh, tell us about Mickey I, Rooney. I didn't do that much with Mickey Rooney. Okay? <laughs> Don't hold it against me. Uh, but I, Julie Andrews and I yep. sang a love duet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lazy afternoon. And just singing with Julie Andrews was a thrill. But we, it was like a romantic thing. And I thought, she's too old for me. I, I, I didn't think that we worked together. I, I don't know how old she is. I'm 77 now. How old would Julie Andrews be? Oh, God, she's like 87. Got to be in her mid to late 80s. Yeah, so I thought it was, it was but uh, she Writing was so, memoir. so beautiful, so pretty. And, and it, was, it was a thrill singing with her. So you don't remember working with any of these people? Not really. I won't, I, I won't remember show this business? show after today. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> How about Bob Hope? Oh yeah, now, Bob Hope was great to me. He, he I did a special with him. I did uh, did sketches with it. Think about Bob Hope. Everything was on cue cards. So, uh-huh. like I'm Frank, I'm looking at you, but Bob Hope would be doing his lines over your shoulder, looking right, right. over. And Walter Brennan in the movie was all cue cards, looking over your shoulder. Said, "Well, you know, I love you." I know I love, I can't do Walter Brennan, but he's looking <laughs> over your shoulder. He never memorized anything. So Bob Hope was do, doing such topical jokes and, and maybe he was older, but it was all on cue cards, even in I, sketches. Treated I you well, I remember though. even as a kid watching Bob Hope. Watching those go, eyes wander to the yes, cards. Yes, yeah, wander yeah. away. Yeah. He didn't hide it at <laughs> all. But he was very nice to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, then I remember he adopted that whole character into his later movies. Where he would, I, I'm, I swear he must have had cue cards Where his eyes in the later movies. Yeah. Yeah. And he would time it for like, oh, like the, the laughs are coming now. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this.
How about uh, Rickles, since you brought him up before we oh. turned the mics on? Oh, boy. I, I worked with Rickles twice. One at Westbury, and I would do the first. I was his opening act. Mm-hmm. I did like 45 what minutes. What a kick. What? I said, what a kick. I thought to you be said, what Rick- a dick. Well, I no. thought so, too. <laughs> did, we, did we just I go thought, there? I yeah. thought. What's wrong with both it, of you? It sounded <laughs> like you said, what a dick. What a dick. So, and when I would he finish my set. Burl. I yeah. would finish my set, I would watch <laughs> watch Rickles every show. I Rickles was just amazing. He he started the motor running before his show, and there was a, a spine where he's... From the little I've seen of you, Gil, you you do that same thing. There's a motor running while you're on stage, and you don't let him off the hook. You did. Rickles was like that, just just a machine to pop, pop, pop. And uh, not that he didn't take pauses, but the motor was running all the time. But one night at the Riviera, I did my. I was doing like 45 minutes usually. And one night, my audience bit. I do a bit where I used to ask people what year they were dating, and I had a medley for each year from 19. Used to be from 1940 wow. to 1965. That's fun. And memorized these songs from every year, love songs, sat on the lady's lap. Well, one night it didn't go well. So my show was like seven minutes short. And I came off stage and Rickles, who was usually there, just, just you know, like like a bull. Ready to start his, you know, he, he wasn't there because I was seven minutes early. So I went up the steps in the Riviera and there he was just leaving his dressing room to come down and stand off stage. He said, what? What, what are you doing? And I say, well, I, I, my audience bit didn't go well, so I, I had to, you can't do that. And he dashed down on stage. And after his show, he took me into his dressing room and said, son, you can't do that. Do your time, man. Do your time. Never do that. Because I left him high and dry. I did. As an opening act, wow. I was too short. So I was really sorry. He was such a pro. Such a pro. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What about Lucy? Oh, Lucy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I love Lucy. Uh, I, you I were on an episode of I Here's did, Lucy as yeah, a professor. Yeah, I think I think the family, I don't know this, but I felt a little bit like I, I was being set up to be Lucy Arnaz's guy. I don't know. Really? I, Interesting. I, 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 well, you I, were on that episode. I, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we did two shows, right. and it was great. And I was invited to dinner at the house with uh, Gary Morton, and they were all very nice. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't know. They were very nice to me, but one day on the set— uh, little Lucy and I were doing a scene and Lucille Ball was up at the back of the auditorium and she said, Stop! Came <laughs> <laughs> tromping down the aisle and had a, what looked, I, I guess it was water, I don't know, but it was a vodka bottle, a, a, a vodka bottle, and she threw the bottle on the floor, <laughs> the glass went everywhere. And she said, don't you ever, uh, to, to Lucy, not to me, it was all to Lucy, but I was standing there just wanting to be anywhere else. It was so embarrassing. She laid into Lucy. She said, you don't turn, say the line and then turn. You do not, that's not how you do comedy. Don't fool around. This is serious business we do. Lucy would do, even though she had a director, she had a lighting director, she did everything. Yeah. Scripts. Lighting, sound, Hands on. wardrobe, uh, attitudes, very strong lady. And she felt that she knew how it should work. And it was, so I saw a whole other side of Lucy. But what, what a master at her craft she was. Wow. And I, I love Lucy Arnaz, but I, 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 I don't know. I just, I had the feeling. This is a name that's come up, John. We're going to test you here. 
in, in our in our travels and what, 200 of these, 250, 60 of these things. You ever work with a legendary comedy writer, Pat McCormick? I had him write some material for me. Okay. Do you know that? No. Well, but, yeah. but he's come up on this show a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to get comic material. How do I get stuff? And so he wrote me. I had done a, I done, I did a thing on Streets of San Francisco. We're going to talk about that. A man and a, and a yeah, woman, right? Sure. And I said, can you give me some lines about that? He said, yeah. What? So, so he wrote me like 12 pages of stuff. And it's just so hard when people write material for you because you, you know, you, it's got to, it's got to fit like an old pair of jeans on you. And you get, you got to, it's got to come out of you to have comedy writers. I don't know. So anyway, I, I remember the joke he wrote for me was, anyway, I, I played the part of a man and a woman. And, and uh, as the, I'd shoot all the man stuff one day, and then I'd shoot the, the female. I played the part of a transvestite who kills people. With a hat pin. With a hat pin, yeah. yeah. And uh, you've watched too many of my shows. I have. Frankie. <laughs> and, uh, well, I watched that you, one at first. Do you know something? This is so weird. What? I remember as a kid, I loved reading TV Guide, and I remember seeing... That you were going to be playing like this transvestite yeah, killer. Yeah, I rehearsed with a female impersonator for a month, and and uh, Greg it, Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're in you're in our friend Frank DeCaro's new book about uh, about okay. the history of drag and show business. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I this I, I I think I was pretty good at that part of it, but uh, and, and it was streets of San Francisco, so we're shooting in San Francisco. And I'd had too much coffee, so by about 11 o'clock, I've got to hit the men's room. Now, I'm in full drag. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in full drag and you're uh, shooting in San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> which, which restroom do you go to? <laughs> so I figured, I, what the hell? I charged into the ladies' room. I wasn't there three minutes. Lady walks in and said, what are you doing here? I said, how did you recognize me? She said, you were the only one standing. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a joke. That's a joke, right? Pat McCormick wrote that for that's me is what great. I'm getting to. That's, oh, that's me great. Now. Yeah. That's great. Now, now, what did you think, if you remember, the two stars on this, Michael Douglas and well, Michael Carl Douglas wasn't Mo there very much because he was running off to edit a little movie that he was making called One uh, Flew Over the Cougar's yes. Nest. One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest. Yes. Which turned out to be an incredible yes. Which I think film. is what caused a great Deal of uh, oh, because it was supposed to star his Kirk, daddy, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Kirk Douglas tried for years. Yeah. He wanted to play. He owned the property. McMurphy, and he was desperate the to Jack get Nicholson someone. Part. To, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. And then his son takes it, but and he aged out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. don't you think it was the right choice? Sure, of course. Oh, oh Nicholson was who terrific. Could, who, could, but yeah. who could fault that? I don't think uh, Kirk Douglas ever got over that. That's interesting, yeah. But that was a big departure for you to take that part on. It was. It was the same manager that had me do the centerfold with the towel where I wasn't naked. He said, we, we're going to look for different things. Right. Because up until then, I'd done Boy Meets Girl. Sure. The biggest problem is pimples, you know. Right. And uh, so this was a real stretch. What I discovered in playing a woman, you know, when you start to, when you start to do a woman, you talk like this, right? Hi, come on in. Well, that's, that's Minnie Mouse. And I discovered that if I raise my voice up here, that a lot of women talk right in there, you know. So I, I, I discovered that, uh, uh, and then to be overly feminine is like a drag queen. 
to really get away with playing a woman, you can't be overly floppy feminine. That that's mm-hmm. drag queen woman, right? Which is done usually for laughs, you know, to be so that in finding the woman was a real real challenge. People still talk about that episode today. I mean, it was a, it was a it was a stretch, a big a big moment. I had, that the the episode of that show that people remember the most certainly. Yeah, it was a good show. Street San Francisco. Yeah, Carl, well done, Carl Malden. Carl Malden, great man, great man. His nose was really that big. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no no memory of working with Joey Bishop. No. no memory of working with but Gene Kelly. Carl right. Malden's no. Well, this was an unusual part. And then the same producer of Street San Francisco did the show the, in Boston with the uh, Bob Urich, Spence, oh, Spencer, oh, Spencer, for, Spencer hire. for Hire. And I played sure. a deranged minister. Right, on that. that's right. Another you did. role on that. And uh, it wasn't as good as the uh, uh, man. What the, was the mail like? What was the fan mail like? What was the reaction and the, from from playing that? I. I can't remember. Yeah, can't remember. yeah. Uh, my brother, my brother is a surgeon. Who he's gone now, but my brother was a surgeon, and he because I shaved off my eyebrows to do it. I remember that. And he said, "You should never have done that." He said, "Sometimes eyebrows don't come back," and now they, I got my eyebrows back. But and my wife thought it was really weird walking around with no eyebrows. I remember Johnny Carson doing a John a joke about you in a monologue. Do you remember yeah. the joke? No. He said it was so windy in L.A. today. John Davidson's hair actually moved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? I, they do but hair But stuck jokes, with so. me for 40 years. Yeah. I, I, I can grow hair. I, I, not much talent, but I can grow <laughs> hair. I, hair. And at my age, now, hair is the one thing my body can still produce. <laughs> That's it. So I, it just keeps growing. Like, I, I'm like an albino chia pet. You know, that just... <laughs> So my wife said to me, your hair's too long. You look ridiculous. Because I used to have a ponytail. Last year I had a ponytail. Saw it on, she said, why don't you cut your hair? And I said, honey, I'm going to be 78 years old in December. I don't want to look like an old man. She said, great. Now you look like an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McCormick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have tapes, John, of the of the talk show? Of the John I Davidson show? I have a basement full of tapes uh, I could show you. Because I'm looking at and some And nobody of the, cares. No, well, listen, listen, Gilbert, listen to some of the people John had on his talk show. Mel Blanc, Chuck Berry, Aretha, Red Fox, Peter O'Toole, James Brown, Steve Allen, Ruth Gordon, Betty Davis. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 yeah do you ever have an urge to... Go back and oh, I thought dig, dig them up, <laughs> dig them up and 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 look at them. Uh, I don't have all of them. I, I have a lot of them. I, um, They're great little time capsules. Yeah, they are. It's like when you look back at that's incredible. They try to bring that's incredible back. I remember, and it bombed. It was just out of date. It was mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, so when you look, you know these. There was a certain time for these shows. If you look back at Sid Caesar's show of shows, sure. Imogene Coke, all that. They were they're dated now. You look back and they're basically doing vaudeville or whatever. That uh, it, it's just like every just about every year someone makes the big announcement. I'm bringing variety shows back, and it bombs horribly. Who cares? Yeah, and, but you can you can do another version of it where uh, you, you just have to redo it. Everything old is new again. But you got to make it new again. And and the other two shows they tried to b- bring back and both failed horribly were uh, the Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Did two, they really? two shows you did? Yeah, yeah. The 
Ricardo Montalban. Get that, let's get back to your <laughs> let's get back to your fantasy. Ricardo Montalban fixation. Well, I also did I did Fantasy Island, and he's just a great man. He was just so charming. Just he was was so nice to me and treat, treated me so nicely. Um, um, Love Boat. You know the love boat never. The love boat only left the dock. Love boat only went. It was all, It was on a, the back lot at some studio for most of the year. We got Gavin McLeod like, coming up Monday. Once what? We got Captain Steubing on the show Monday. Oh, he was good. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like once a year, maybe every once every three quarters of a year, the boat actually went out, and I got to go to Scandinavia with um, Jack Klugman and his wife. Wow, great man, great man. Telly Savalas <laughs> ah, and, his, and his wife, Julie. And so we got to know them. And, and uh, Telly Savalas said something to me that I should have listened to. He said, John, you smile too much. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Now, even now, if I don't smile, well, people don't recognize. I'm not on television like I was. Um, but if, if I smile, people, if they're going to recognize me, people over 60, they, they recognize when I smile. You, there was a guy on his on uh, Kojak who didn't smile at all, and I think Telly had gotten to him, one, one of those younger guys on that show. When you don't smile, people assume that you have more going behind your face. When you smile and lay it all out there, it's like, well, that's all the guy's got. I think that's what it is. That's interesting. So I, it's a mistake that I've made. I've smiled too much. But when I'm nervous, I smile more. What, and tell us about Jack Klugman. Oh, great man. Just a very real, real guy. And his wife, too. Great man. What else did I do? Did I do a guest shot on Quincy? Quincy, was that his show? Quincy? Yeah, Quincy, where he's yeah. a medical examiner. Medical examiner. I think I did again because I, I remember shooting on the back lot. You know, I, I hate to be so forgetful, but I've I've been doing this for 55 years. I know. And I I've, know. I've forgotten. Just You're shame. doing pretty good. I can't remember. No, I'm not. I, I can't remember a lot of the stuff. I wish I could. I wish I could. You're doing pretty good. What are these stories from, from uh, I found one of your albums is called John Hamilton Davidson is a funny guy. And there's, and it was, it's songs and it's stories. Yeah. Much of stories. What yeah. is the story Burt Reynolds is afraid to tell you? Oh, so <laughs> can you share that or am I stealing from the cabaret? Act? So he came on, he came on uh, Hollywood squares. He did the pilot for Hollywood squares. Uh huh. And so did Johnny, by the way. And, uh, but Bert Reynolds, so we're having this dinner in between Wednesday and Thursday. And he says, you know, Johnny C. did, did that uh, centerfold there, Cosmopolitan. He says, you know, I was the first. I said, I, I know, Bert, and, and you, you look better than I did. Yeah, I think so. And I said, uh, how did that come about? And he said, well, Helen Gurley Brown came up and said, would you like to do a centerfold? So he brings, Bert Reynolds goes back to New York City, meets with Helen Gurley Brown, says, we're going to do this thing. Now, how do you look? Bert says, I think I look pretty good. She says, well, no, I mean, do you have a tan line? You know, even though this isn't totally nude, you can't have a tan line. You can't be two-toned. you got to be all one tone. So he strips down, and she says, yeah, you see, where your bathing suit was, you got a tan line. He says, give me a week. Goes back out to Malibu, takes off all his clothes, lies on his private beach, lies on his back in the sun, comes back a week later, how's this? She says, well, where you were red, where you were brown, now you're redder, where you were sort of almost white, you're... You're redder and it just doesn't match. He said, give me one more week. Goes back to his private <laughs> beach, private beach in Malibu. <laughs> takes off all his clothes, covers himself in sand, totally in sand, except for two straws for his nose and except for where his bathing suit was. Now, can you picture this? He's lying there and yeah. totally nude except where his bathing suit was. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, at that very moment, two old beachcombers Marge and Ethel are coming down the beach. 
Marge says to Ethel, would you look at that, Ethel? When we were 24, they were chasing us. When we were 44, we were chasing them. Now that we're 84 and, and don't give a darn, they're growing wild all up and down the beach. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Burt Reynolds story. That's the Burt Reynolds joke. You put that in the set. I love that joke. Yeah, it's a funny joke. Don't you love jokes where at the end they take you on another yeah. Gil, you knew that one. You knew that. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Did you? you? Knew yeah. yeah. Nah. What's the what's the, uh, the the Teddy Roosevelt one? The survival oh. kit and Teddy Roosevelt? Does that mean anything? Well, Teddy Roosevelt's, uh, yeah. No, that's a speech. I, 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 okay. I did a one-man show on Teddy Roosevelt. And um, uh, it's, uh, it, it, he gives a speech about it's the man in the arena. Okay. It's, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the one who, it's, it's the man in the arena whose face is covered with blood and sweat. I can't remember right now, but it's, you know. People forget you, re- you put out 15 albums. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Recorded a lot of music. Yeah, and and still am. You know, I still do shows with my guitar and telling jokes, yeah. and I, I just put out a new album. So, what can people expect when they come to Birdland on the twenty seventh? Well, um, what are they going to uh, see? I open. I open with this. No, I open with this. <laughs> <laughs> if my song can raise your spirits, if my song can make you dance. If my song can make you dare enough to chant some new romance If my song can make you reminisce of some sweet day gone by Then let me be your songbird And soon your soul will fly Of nothing and nowhere, and uh, it, it basically it's a busker singing on the corner, just realizing that at this point in my life, I'm nowhere, and, I'm, and it's the confusion of trying to figure out life. What do you do with your life? And I'm developing a pilot for a TV show. Tell us about that. That yeah, Gillis Gillis one one of my celebrity guests. <laughs> <laughs> It's Gil and Penn Gillette, my two guests. Can't wait. And uh, the whole idea is, what's next? The show's called What's Next. What do you do with yourself in your 60s? Now, I know what Gil does. He's doing what, what he does best and still doing it. But for a lot of people, the challenge of, I've just been let go in my job, or mm-hmm. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. How do I reinvent myself for the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever? That's what it's all about. And I wrote the theme song. What's next? Over the hill and round the bend These golden years will make us great, my friend I'm not gonna take that final bow The show ain't over, no way, no how We've all been shakers, fakers, money makers Dads or stay-at-home moms We've been finders, keepers, losers, weepers Creatures of dot-com Each time I start to whine about the wrinkled state I'm in I step it up, suck in my gut And grab a second wind What's next? So, it's a song about, about What do I do with my life? And so I'm, I'm interviewing people I'm going to go to, after, after we do your show I'm going to go out to Times Square and find people in their 60s and do man on the street. I'm going to walk up. Really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And uh, Just like you were in 63, smiling at strangers. Yes, I'm going to say, what are you doing with your life? Circle. 
you know? I read a thing, people who have regrets looking back on their life. Now, Gil obviously doesn't have this. But I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't regret not writing your own story. You are writing your own story, man. You are doing it. You, 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 say you're not in, you say you're not in charge of your life. You are doing it. Second thing that people regret is they don't express themselves. Why haven't I been able to express my feelings all my life? You're, ex- you're, you're getting it all out. All the raw shit in your body is coming out. You just vomit this shit out every show. <laughs> He's got you pegged, Gil. You know, and and it's great because you're letting that go. You know, I don't sense you're frustrated. You're you're just, boom, you just let it go. Second thing is not spending more time with friends. I don't know how you, but a lot of people regret they didn't find more time with friends. Uh, Another regret is they didn't choose happiness. You know, happiness is a choice. People who live in a mud hut can be happy, you know? And I, that's one of my regrets, that I didn't choose to be happy. What, one of the things I've tried doing lately, when I because I get very negative, and, and you mentioned uh, me earlier that sometimes you get negative. I tend to get so negative, but lately I've started turning my mouth up, and as you people, people are listening, smile. Start smiling. There's a chemical or something that's released. You, you tend to get content and happy. Isn't that amazing? So one of the regrets is to, that you didn't choose happiness. So that's what my show called What's Next is all about. But I haven't sold the pilot yet. When I sell it, I'll be glad. <laughs> and Gilbert is a celebrity guest. Celebrity guest. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> he did, and he didn't say fuck one oh, time. Oh, that's really... He must like you, John. What other plugs? The JohnDavidson.com is the website. John Davidson. People can get your swag um, and your records yes. there and, 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 and other... My, and my appearance schedule. I'm singing somewhere. I'm singing in a theater near you. Uh, most every week. You want to sing something with Gilbert, or is that just taking it way too far? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, does, does Gilbert, do you sing? Do you sing? Yeah. Does, it doesn't stop me. You are my sunshine. sunshine my, my only sunshine. sunshine. You make me happy. You make me happy when skies are gray. I chose the right key. That's yes. right, and your key. Yeah, it's an yes. key. <laughs> you'll oh, God, we you'll got never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. <laughs> Are we still on? Are we? It's a parking lot now, right? We're, it's we over. stopped recording 25 minutes ago. Oh, okay, no, I'm kidding. John, this was great. I hope you, hope you can make a show out of this. Can you cut out the bad part? Be a little well, bit of editing gotta, involved, we, but not much. I was boring at times. No, not in, not we, in your life. We've got to cut out every what? single part. We mentioned someone who you did more. <laughs> I got more names. Liberace. Do you remember hey, Liberace? You, I, I don't. I, I don't it's not, it doesn't reflect on those people. It reflects on me. <laughs> did you work with Liberace? Any memories? I met Liberace. Okay. Right? I stole from Liberace his idea, and you do the same thing when you come out on stage. What, what does Gil do when he comes out? He does this. Does this. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the big hammy. It's like... Loves the audience. It's embraces. like, look at you. <laughs> Liberace, in his mind, used to say, look at you. You came to see me. How many performers don't give a fuck about who came to see him? You care. You Or you pretend to. And that's what I, I try to spread as much love as Liberace used to spread. I don't I do not do it to other men. I, I do it to the audience. <laughs> yeah. 
Last bit of fun personal what is trivia. It now, Frank? Last bit of fun personal trivia. Did your dad marry Dick Clark and his wife? As a minister? As, as, as a minister, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. He married Kenny Rogers and, and, and his wife. I like And he that. married Dick Clark, yeah. I like that. It was cool, yeah. Yeah. I'm out of bullets. Okay. Gilbert, what do you got for this man? Let him go home. Uh, yes. Let him go to Times Square. So. <laughs> you want to come out Times Square with me and do 10 minutes? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I'll be your opening hat. <laughs> Hi, folks. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried here. This is John Denver. John Denver, say it if you would. Davidson, Davidson, Davidson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John Davidson. <laughs> Tell me the truth. When you were, when you, when years ago, before you met me, didn't you think I was probably an asshole? I still do. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't I mean, we're so different. <laughs> we are not. We're like, I, I'm vanilla and, and you're raspberry ripple or whatever. You whatever. avoided us for four years, John. Now, how do you feel now that you've done it? Uh, I wasn't ready for you four years ago. <laughs> Can I mean, you endorse it? Can you recommend the show to others? Oh, of course. Okay. So, well, I hope you had fun. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and we've had on a guy who's wanted to fuck every male co-star he's worked with and still says he's not gay John Davidson I'm not gonna comment Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast is produced by Dara Godfrey and Frank Santa Padre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to John Fodiatis, John Murray, and Paul Rayburn. 